So I was sitting in my office early this morning at home uh, where I do my praying and my writing and reading. It's kind of my little hobbit hole, my little monastic sanctuary there, the hermitage. <laughs> and uh, I was asking Jesus about today's podcast and, and what he had for us. And he said very clearly, my joy my joy. And I thought, wow, right. We need a big, deep gulp of your joy, God. Man, do we. So friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of October 25th, fall around most of the country right now, except for those of you that live in, in those cities where you have no seasons whatsoever. Um, friends are still surfing in Southern California and crazy stuff like that. But here it's gorgeous. Yes. The leaves and the cold mornings. And with me in the studio is Alan this week. How you doing? Good, man. Yeah. It's good to be with you. Yeah. So sitting in my office, giving some reflection. And we do that. We actually do that quite a bit. We don't just assume what our listeners need. You know, we do a lot of listening, prayer for everything around decision-making here in the ministry and, and asking him, what do we need this week? And he was so quick to say, my joy. You, you need my joy. Yes. I, I love the way we approach the podcast, which literally yesterday afternoon, we didn't know what we were going to be talking about yes. today. And for a planner, that can feel a little uneasy, but until you realize we don't really want to just do a podcast, what we really want to do is step into what God has for exactly. us and everyone else. Exactly. So when you hear Jesus saying, I want you to have my joy, I want to talk about my joy, how does that strike you? It feels like a rescue because I need it. Um, I am doing good overall, but... I feel like my joy is about an inch deep and can go away really fast. It's not an ocean of joy. It's 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 a little bit of, you know, joy that's there but can go away quickly based on circumstances. Yeah. And uh, earlier this week, you know, we Kelly and I had simple things. Like we had prepared a family dinner, our daughters in for fall break from college, our we have a younger son at home and and we prepare this big dinner with this thought that, well, surely everybody's home. They're going to be around. And they ended up going out and doing things and and weren't at dinner. And and wires got crossed and they had other things going on. And, and Kelly and I sat there with a the dinner for four for two. And that's a small level disappointment in the moment. But... It's everything, John, from that where what do you do when joy just seems to just drain quickly to the bigger things, the the bigger hurts in life. And so when you told me the topic this morning, I was like, this is for me as much as it's for anybody. Yeah. And, and let me be very quick, friends, to say this isn't about being joyful. Yeah. Hey, are you joyful this week? Got some joy? No. It, with Jesus in all of his kindness and compassion and love towards us wants to give us his joy. And I think that is a new thought 
for many people that that joy is actually something that is imparted. You know, Galatians 5 says that among the various fruits of the of the spirit of God in our life, when you have God in your life, when the spirit of God is filling and animating and and getting a say, when the spirit of God is getting some sort of influence in your attitude. Yes. One of the expressions of that, the second one, it's love, and then it's joy. Uh, and I, I love that. Like that, God yes. is a joyful person. Yes. Essentially a joyful person. A friend of mine used to say that God doesn't walk anywhere. He skips and dances from place to place. <laughs> <laughs> I love that image. Well, he was just trying yeah, to express yeah. like God is essentially a joyful person. And and I think we see that in Jesus. I think he's trying to convey that. We'll get to some of the gospel stories in a moment, but joy is something imparted to us. When the spirit of God is getting some influence in our thoughts and our hearts and our emotions and our perspective, Paul says one of the fruits of that, you can have love. And you're going to have joy. And that's a big thought, and it's a relief because that means it's not up to us to gin it up, to just make it happen. No. That that it's something, when you say imparted, wow, like, okay, then I look to God for that, and then I'm not looking more to myself or the people around me. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus has done this a lot for me over the years. He'll interrupt, and, and he'll say, ask me for my joy. Usually it's because I'm really spun up over something or fried, just mad, 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 mad. And right now the world is really trying to get everybody pretty worn out, pretty upset. And, and Jesus is just stepping in and saying, I'd really, I'd really love to give you some of my joy. So let me, let me walk us through, just to kind of get us warmed up to the idea, let me walk us through some of the reminders of this in the scriptures. There's the famous verse that I think lots of people have heard, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't know that everyone knows where that's from, where that's located, and what the story is around that. So this is the book of Nehemiah, and Jerusalem has been leveled by Babylon, by invading armies, and most of the people have been taken off into exile. Nehemiah comes back from Babylon to rebuild the walls of the city and to hang the gates again and to bring dignity and, mm-hmm. and restoration to Jerusalem. So while they're doing that in the project, somebody finds, you know, this little Indiana Jones moment, somebody finds a closet and in the closet is a box and in the box is the word of God. And they hadn't heard the the Torah and the scriptures read to them for years. And so they gather all the people that are around in Jerusalem and in the countryside, and they're having this big moment where they're going to hear the reading of the scriptures for the first time in a long time. And what's interesting, the people don't react with joy at first, and then God has to catch their hearts. So here's the story, Nehemiah chapter 8. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. 
Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our God. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people saying, be still for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. And then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because now they understood the words that had been made known to them. So that's the context. Wow. Life is not yet fully restored for these folks and they've seen hard times. Good things are underway, but not finished Mm -hmm. yet. Right? Right. And and now actually part of the, you know, Sambalot and those guys are threatening to come in and sack Jerusalem again. And, you know, they're sending all kinds of missives, you know, Nehemiah's way. And to the people trying to discourage them. And here in the midst of this, Nehemiah is saying, wait, wait, wait. It's the joy of God that is our strength. And then what's cool, Alan, is uh, a couple chapters later, they do finish the project. And then there's this huge feast, Nehemiah 12. There's this massive celebration. And it says on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. The joy of God is something that is imparted to us, and particularly in times where we may not actually be feeling that joyful. We need it. We need like a rescue, right? Like a safety net. Yes. Okay. Let me go on. A couple Psalms for us. Psalm 5, let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence. Psalm 51, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation. So again, you hear this reality that joy is something given, something imparted, restore my joy, God. And then what I love looking at is the life of Jesus. Jesus is an essentially joyful person. In Luke 10, he has sent the disciples out, and it's not just the apostles, it's not the 12, he sends out 70 or the 72 to bring the good news, to heal, to proclaim the gospel. And they come back and they're just, they are rejoicing. They're like, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Like it all works. It all 
works. And I love this. Here's how Luke records Jesus's reaction. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. I love that. I love that. Yes. Uh, Jesus is rejoicing at God's way of doing things and that the kingdom is not limited to the brilliant or the theological PhDs Mm -hmm. or the priests or the pastors. The kingdom is given to all. It's open to everyone. And, And he's particularly like, he's rejoicing at the upheaval of the whole religious system, which at that time was absolutely crushing. And he's like, these guys and gals, these (laughs) are the people, Father? Like, oh, that just gives me joy. And Alan, again, I love it that it says at that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit. Like, isn't that sweet Mm -hmm. that as the Mm -hmm. Spirit of God fills Jesus, comes upon Jesus, the expression of that is Right. Is joy. Right. And what you said in the earlier verses, John, you know, it was through God's presence, through the Holy Spirit here. But what I never really focused on until now is you're saying this together, all these passages, joy is our strength. It's our refuge. It's our protection. It's for our steadfastness. Like, in other words, I think I somehow was interpreting joy, even even from a believer standpoint, as a place of, you know, kind of happiness, distraction, comfort. But to me, it's a whole, it takes on a whole different level to go. No, it's actually my strength and a refuge, yes. and it's it's not just a happy place or based on other circumstances. It's like a shield. It's like a it's it's something as it's imparted that allows us to navigate life in a in a protected yes. whole way. Yes, it is a shield. I think it is. And it is a kind of resilience within us. That's what strength is. It's yes. a resilience in us. For the people living around Jerusalem after they had been leveled in Nehemiah's day, and it was a, quote, a haunt of jackals, no city walls, no protection, an embarrassment, you know, they were all a shamed people, right? Yes. A disheartened people. And to be given the joy of God is almost better than a city wall. To be given the joy of God is our resilience in a time like this. Okay, back to Jesus for a second. So Hebrews 1, I love the book of Hebrews. I love the opening of it where it says, you know, in the past, God spoke through the prophets to our fathers in many times and in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. I just love that. And he goes on to say, the son is the exact representation of the father's being. Okay. So when you see Jesus, you see the father, you see the heart of God. And it says this, it says, But about the Son, he says, your throne, 
O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of your justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hate wickedness, and therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Isn't that surprising? Yeah. Yeah, because right. it's like dignity and Christ. It's his throne. It's his reign. It's talking about, you know, the Father exalting Christ to his right hand. And it's about joy. Yes. It's so counterintuitive to what you think is about to be said or, yes. or what we have access to. Right, right. So, gang, that's just to get us warmed up here. Jesus wants to give us his joy. He wants to impart to us the oil of joy, the fruit of the presence of God in our life as joy. And here's the really sweet part. As I was asking him this morning, Alan, I said, what is your joy, Lord? What, what is your joy? And he said, you are. Interesting. First to yeah. me, it was a personal word, but then it was my friends, my, those who love me, those listening to the podcast right now. You are the joy of God. How does that sit with you? The truth of that is hard, if I'm being totally honest. It's just hard for me to believe. Like, I believe God. I want, and my flesh wants to think, yeah, sure, he rescues us or he provides a way. But there's a little irritation in that, you know, like, if you would only get your act together, bingo. But but I'm gonna come for you anyway. Bingo. I think most of us, if we were honest, would say, Yeah, God loves me, but it's more like he's patient with me. Kind right. of like a disappointed parent. Right. <laughs> right. right. You know, that I, I don't think I'm really a source of pride to my father. I certainly hadn't thought that I'm a source of joy to Jesus, but we are. We are, friends. You are. You are a source of joy to him. I was thinking, Alan, of being a parent and raising your children and the thousand moments of joy when they learn to read, right? And right. those first moments of the cat ran over the wall. And when they can do that, yes. you're just like, yes, <laughs> that is amazing, sweetheart. That is so awesome. Well done. Right. And the joy that it gives a father, all those moments in your kids' lives. Right. Even And even as they get older where... The other day, one of our kids was asking us, they were trying to set up some things in their banking account, and they were like, I'm supposed to give this company my routing number and my, you know, what is a, what, what, because today, you know, younger people don't hardly use checks at all, right? Everything's online and Cash instant. app and, yeah. And so to be able, you know, so to me, that kind of question was like, yeah, let me tell you, like there is a joy in entering into a way to make their life better yes, and to help them grow and mature. And it's not an irritation. It's not a... No. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. So, and then you grandparents, you really get this. <laughs> it's like, what was the bumper sticker I saw? If I knew 
how much fun grandchildren were, I'd have had them first. (laughs) 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 Anyhow, we, our little granddaughter uh, had a five-year-old birthday party last night. So we were, we were together and Blaine and Em have a little boy as well, who is a year and a half. And he and I were throwing a balloon back and forth to each other for about 20 minutes, which is a long time to be sitting there with a little toddler, you know, throwing a balloon, because he can't catch it. It, You know, it bounces off his (laughs) face, and then he chases it in the room, and he comes back, and he throws it to me, and then I throw it back to him, and he misses it, and it bounces through the room, and he goes, and he gets it, and he comes back, and he throws it at me. (laughs) On and on this goes. I had so much joy in that. It was absolute joy. Good. We have joy as our as our children make decisions for God. We have joy as our children mature in life. Our love for them is a source of joy. Now, yes, of course, it's a source of heartache too at times. But what I what I felt Jesus wanting to say to you, listeners, is that you bring him joy your love for him, your choices for him. Like, are you kidding me? In a world like Mm. this, where most people don't care about God and where quite a few people are actually very hostile toward him, hold strong feelings of defiance and contempt, even the thought of a faith or the thought of, uh, of a God that, in this hour that you choose him, that you love him, and all those thousand little choices, you know, to forgive that person who just cut you off in the market or to, you know, overlook that email that you got that you so <laughs> want to respond. And, you know, we don't, we, again, none of us are doing this perfectly. So don't quickly go to, no, 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 I did, I did answer that email terribly. Just stay, stay with me for a second. The choices that you make throughout your day and your week to love God and to side with him, to side with goodness, to side with truth and purity, all that, that brings such joy to God. And especially our homecoming. Like scripture is really big on that. Let me read from Luke again. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And then he calls his friends and neighbors and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. The recovery of your life to God, your homecoming was a source of great joy, right? Isn't isn't that the parable of the prodigal son? The the dad throws a party over it? Yes. And yet it's so opposite of, of what we grow up in and what we see in the world around us. I think getting back in scripture and truth of seeing this, hearing this, rereading it is a reorientation that, man, I need. Yeah. Because 
the world, the one person goes off, you go, you know what? We got 99. What an idiot. Right. Yeah. So he's gone. We'll yes. just go this way. Yes. But that's not God's way. Yeah. Your homecoming brought God enormous joy. We've got some wild at heart basics going on around the world right now this fall, and that's the wild at heart retreats, the full four-day retreat online that we've made available for free with all the film clips embedded. And then what happens is our friends, our allies around the world, get a group of guys together and take them through the experience. So you have all these phenomenal, phenomenal stories. But a friend of mine held a basic recently in England and texted me the joy of it the profound impact. And, and then he finished his text. He says, my greatest joy is that a dear friend of mine who's just been on my heart for years and years came and he was the only unbeliever there, but he loved it. He felt very comfortable. And at the end, he gave his life to God. Oh, wow. And he was baptized. They all went off to the church that Sunday night and he was he was baptized. I, I literally felt on my knees, weeping over that with joy, like just the yeah. heart wow. of God for the homecoming of his sons and daughters. Now, if you've been tracking with the podcast for a while, if you happen to tap into homecoming um, and a couple other places, you have heard us talk about the wave and, and the wave dream or the wave vision. And, and here's kind of the fun, wild story of that. So Stace and I came to Christ in the 70s, like right out of the hippie thing and the Jesus movement. Craig and Lori did. Yeah, lots of friends did at that time. It, it, was, it, was, the, it was actually the last great revival that swept the Western world was, was at that time. And we began having a dream like a sleeping dream, a nighttime dream. And Stacy has it and I have it. And we've been having this dream now for almost 40 years. And every we have it like once a year at least. And the dream is that we're somewhere in the coast in the world. We're standing on the coast, kind of can't quite tell where we are, looking out at the beautiful ocean when all of a sudden we just see this massive wave building and building and building. And then it gets to the point where you realize, oh, that's a supernatural wave. Like that's way beyond the laws of physics. And there's no outrunning this thing. It isn't like, whoa, get in your car. We better, you know, yeah. we better get going. It's, it, there is something beautiful and powerful and frankly, very inevitable about it. And, and then right before the wave reaches us, we wake up. So we've been having that. And then we started having it in visions, in waking hours. We, we would, in times of prayer, and as we started sharing that, friends of ours go, wait, what? You're kidding me. You know, friend Juanita's like, are you kidding? I have been having that dream for 20 years. I didn't know what it meant. And that, you know, listeners have, yes. have written us and shared um, that their little children are having it and stuff. So this is kind of a phenomenon going on. And, and what it represents is a great move of God in the world. But what it also represents is the return of Christ. It, it, it's, it is the, the great wave. And it's a very beautiful thing. It's not a scary thing. This morning, as I was preparing for this podcast, I had it again. And here was what was amazing. 
I, I felt the Father saying, I want to show you something. Because I, I was asking him, like, what's your joy, God? I really need to tap into your joy. He's like, well, let me show you. And I saw the wave. But this time, it was absolutely filled with people. It was almost made up of people. Now, again, it's the ocean and it's water and it's wonderful, right? It's living and yes. it's beautiful. It's everybody loves waves, you know, it's gorgeous. But this time, this massive wave is filled with humanity, with sons and daughters. And then uh, for the first time, I'd never seen this before, heard this, I could hear their voices in it. Oh, I could weep right now. Alan, they were different languages but they were all calling out some version of Jesus or help or father. It was the homecoming. All over the world right now, men and women and children from every tribe and tongue and nation are being swept up into the love of God. I heard that even, you know, poor Afghanistan and the, and the just the collapse of what's going on over there. And yeah, horrible stories coming out of Afghanistan. But I'm also hearing that the underground church is growing there faster than it's ever grown. And, and that hundreds and hundreds of people are coming to Christ from new language groups, kind of the last yes. to be reached. So all over the world, here's this wave. And then for the first time as well in this vision, it was, it was suddenly, it was crystal clear. Now, normally it's the ocean, right? It's beautiful. It's aquamarine. It's kind of that green. Yes. But this time it was clear. It was full of people. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, Father, of course, your joy in that, your yeah. absolute happiness. You look at one story of the world and it looks like it's going to hell on a grease pole. You know, that, right. that I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. You can't. You can't say that, you know, what's going on in the border crisis is a great thing right now. And human trafficking and the seizing of young girls and all that. Like, this is not good. Right. right. You look at that and it can really take your joy away. You look to the heart of God and, and what he sees and what he's doing in the world, the healing of men and women's hearts. And again, friends, like your little choices each day to love God, to turn towards him, like you bring him joy, friends, you bring him joy. And so what this podcast is about is this, is that Jesus says, ask me for my joy. Ask me for my joy. It's, it's something that is imparted to us. It's, it's coming from outside the world and the heartbreak and the, you know, tensions and the strife and all that. It's coming from heaven. It is coming from the kingdom of God, from the city of God, which is filled with joy. And, and it's something given to us. Not, as you were saying, Alan, it's not something that's like, right. you have to gin up. Or, yeah, gin yeah. up or make yourself feel yes. more joyful or even, oh gosh, here's one more thing I'm not doing right. I don't have enough joy in my life. Nope, 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 none of that. Joy is something that we receive from God. Right. And John, there's a C.S. Lewis quote that this is reminding me of, and, and I just wanted to read it. I love it. Where he says, if you want to get warm, 
you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. And if you want joy and peace and eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. And I love how he's redirecting us to if you want this and who yes. doesn't need or want more joy, yes. you can't make it happen in your own strength. You'll never get it from the nightly news. Yes. <laughs> never. Yes. And so you have to go to where it is and the source of it, the whether it's the wave vision that you're having or whether um, you know, it's through getting back into scripture and understanding or asking for God's presence. Like it's that's where you find it is in him. It's in his nearness. Yes. It's in his, it is literally given to us by the spirit of God. Yes. And so friends, here's how this works. I want, I want you to try this this week. We're going to do it together in, in a moment, but then I just try this as you're, you know, making your daily commute, as you're taking the dogs for a walk, as you get a, a moment, you know, after doing the dishes in the evening, just take a moment and say, Jesus, I ask you for your joy. Impart your joy to me. Now, here's what will help you with that. You've, you've got to practice a little benevolent detachment. You've you got to kind of get out from the world and your own personal burdens for a moment. We're just asking for a moment of detachment where you let everything go. You just let everything go that is burdening you. And even this morning, I... I'm trying to have this time with God and I'm trying to get ready for this podcast. He's sharing this incredible, beautiful vision with me, but I'm also being pulled back into some emails that I'm really mad about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you got to yeah. let that stuff go. Yeah. Like the, the constant pull of that, let it go. Everything that's burdening you for a moment, turn your heart toward Jesus as best you can and ask him, for his joy. And so we do that right now. Lord, I I just take a moment to say, I need your joy. I really do, God. I need your joy. And I let go in this moment of everything that is weighing my heart down. I just, for a moment, I let it all go. People, projects, the world, all of it, the health of someone you love, your own health, all of it. I just lay it all down for a moment. I pull away. I detach from it. And I turn my heart towards you, Jesus. And for me, it just helps to begin loving him. I just love you, God. I turn my heart towards you. I love you. I really do. I love you, God. I don't feel like a source of joy to you, but I just start loving you. And I ask you for your joy. Jesus, I ask you to share your joy with me, that you would impart it into my being, like taking a drink of water or breathing in fresh air. I receive your joy. Jesus, give me your joy today this week, this month. Give me your joy, Lord. I need your joy. I ask you to anoint me with the oil 
of joy that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would fill my heart. David says in the Psalms, you fill my heart with greater joy than when all of their success comes into their lives, than when their grain and new wine abound. Like, yeah, there's all that, but you actually give me a greater joy. And so I'm asking Jesus that you would impart your joy into my heart and into my soul, into my spirit, Jesus. In your name, we all pray. Amen. I I just give that a try this week, gang. Just stay with it a little bit. Amen. Amen.